You're listening to Fresh Oil, a podcast that examines the human condition while coming to terms with the purpose of life. Hello and welcome again to Fresh Oil. This week, we're going to take a little bit of a look at Alice. You remember Alice in the Looking Glass? Alice in Wonderland? Lewis Carroll's childhood story of a little girl that went down the rabbit hole? Well, today, it's all about, are you living through the looking glass instead of living through life? Are you living through the looking glass instead of living through life? Today, Alice doesn't go down the hole into Wonderland. She goes online instead. Then it's bye-bye. The problem with the looking glass is that it is the looking glass, not the living glass. Here's how that works out. A while back, I was attending a social media event. It was the first of this kind for me. I was excited about it. It was not my first event that I had attended, but this was a first for many reasons. So the day began well, meeting people like you do, introductions, chat, excitement, and some conversation at meeting people in real life, away from the digital screens that we were used to using to converse, chat, exchange, tweet, post, etc. And then it began to happen. A group I was with walked to a restaurant location near our hotels. We all wanted to eat some food. I expected, you know, more conversation, getting to know more about these professional people from various fields and careers. I did, but not as I expected. Out came every small screen in the possession of all of those present. iPads, iPhones laptops. Some had two screens, but no one was without a screen of some kind. Me, there I was. I had an old iPhone 3 and was on a limited plan. (laughs) I had not yet been birthed into the looking glass phenom, a newbie, as it were. And it showed, because they saw. They noticed. These people Googled what was being talked about around this table. They texted, tweeted what was being talked about. Occasionally looked up to drink, affirm, nod, or laugh at something before deep diving back into their looking glass. Now me, used to conversation, eye contact, and exchange, I was aghast, amazed, in awe of what I was seeing, right in real time before my very eyes. Well, our server came, used to the slack of any eye contact, apparently, sorted out what people were going to eat, and left. Food arrived, people ate, and continued with the hunt for the white rabbit or the queen of hearts. No one was perturbed. I sat in wonder at this. Into the evening and the social gathering, and we we, we organized around another venue, The people that were speaking at this event got together and they were hand-gladding and shaking and how you doing and all of the things that go on whenever you actually meet the people who you've only seen a picture of or heard their voice or followed their blog or their posts on other people's blogs or information they may have provided through a podcast or an article or tweets or something like that. 
Well, as the gathering took place, pictures were being taken by a professional photographer, who, and they were being tweeted, posted, shared, emailed, and who knows what else, all live right now when it was happening. And the people in the room who were the participants in this event were the ones receiving these tweets posted and more. <laughs> it all was astonishing. The Queen of Hearts was running the show. <laughs> Who knows where the Mad Hatter was? I spoke the next day at this event, and I had a 10-minute topic, and it was well-received. It was even trending in the city, and I was being monitored, tweeted, posted, and lauded live. I felt like I was in a surreal location of the world. I was inside the looking glass, looking out. <laughs> nope, I was in the new world that was being replicated all around me. <laughs> That was four years ago nearly. Things have changed since then and high. Here's some quotes. No one can see around the looking glasses anymore. And this is from Tech Addiction. And they say, smartphone addiction, particularly among children, is altering the way we interact with one another. A member of the Kwon Civic Group in South Korea, Kim Nam-hee, asked a classroom of 10-year-old students to compare the hours they spend on their smartphone with the time they spend interacting with relatives. She found a disturbing gap between the amount of digital and human interaction they were engaged in. All you got to do is just stand still and watch people go by anywhere there's a crowd. As the screen changes, so does the attention span. People watch the news, don't read it anymore. It's often unpleasant, unsettling. But we've gotten used to the clicking away to something more pleasing. Now that's not normal. There's no time to reflect upon the atrocities, the horrors, the good stories, the victories of humanity, people navigating the human condition that inspire us. Everything becomes abstract. It's a case of nothing to see here. Move along. Next. Everything is being driven by the looking glass. People are cherry-picking the world in which they choose to live. And if you look at my cover photo that goes with this podcast, there's a girl sitting at the beach, beautiful location, sunny day, man around, she seems to be single, and she's got her nose about six inches from the looking glass. She may be sitting outside, but her head is and her heart is inside that thing. The reality distortion field of a famous computer executive is here now for anyone and for everyone. Wikia says that the iPhone 5, as with many other technologies of today, invoke a variety of social problems. One of the main problems is the distraction from the real world. People can be so involved in what they're doing on the phone, they can forget what there really matters, and that's real life. I once saw this picture on uh, Facebook. There's about 20 people waiting to commute into work. They all are sitting on the platform of a railway station. And there's one man, and he's circled in a red circle. 
And the hashtag at the bottom says, guess who forgot their iPhone? And every other person in that picture, 20 people at least, all were nose down, eyes into their screen. And he was standing upright, looking around him. He stuck out like a meerkat on a sand pile. <laughs> The backlash to the digital screen is real. You'll see that the hosts are collecting phones at the door of the dinner party. At a law firm, partners maintain a no-device policy at meetings. And each day a fleet of vans assemble outside New York's high schools, offering for a small price to store students' contraband during the day. In situations where politeness and concentration are expected, backlash is mounting against our smartphones. You ever go sit in a doctor's office, which I have occasion to do now, uh, taking care of my wife as she goes through treatment for cancer, and somebody invariably will come in and sit down with a phone, and I've never heard one of them that had a quiet voice. They all have to rage. It's loud. And it's not just looking at the phone, it's talking to it. <laughs> Now here's something. The thing is so bad that murder can take place in front of people before they even notice anything. Now that's insane. There are documented cases of people using their phones to record the near drowning of a person instead of helping them. I say nuts, but everybody else says all hail the looking glass. Consider the murder of a recent uh, consider the case of a recent murder on a San Francisco train. On September the 23rd, in a crowded bar, car, a man pulled a pistol from his jacket. In Vivian Ho's words, quote, He raised the gun, pointed it across the aisle before tucking it back against his side. He draws it out several more times, once using the hand holding the gun to wipe his nose. Dozens of passengers stand and sit just feet away, but none reacts. Their eyes focused on smartphones and tablets don't lift until the gunman fires a bullet into the back of a San Francisco State student getting off the train. Quoting Salon magazine. Unsane. But not everyone is smitten. A commentator recently said, I traveled to Europe and was struck by all the phones. I saw couples sitting at tables, each in their own world ignoring one another. I saw a family with the children and no one was directly relating to each other. Each one of them tune into their own electronic device. The commentator said, I'd resisted to getting a cell phone. My friends still complain that I seldom answer it. I like it better that way. Crazy, huh? Spring forward a few years from that day when I was at that social gathering. Four years later... Inside a commercial factory where I manage a process, the people are gone. Gone down the glass hole. And they aren't coming back. We have to keep them from their glass screens while they work. Nearly an impossible thing to do. Always fraught with issues about their civil rights and everything else, regardless of our policy. Safety aside, the proprietary information and practice of the business are under threat.
And then there's the lunch breaks. They're for Wonderland. What used to be a noisy, chatted-up, back-and-forth social setting isn't anyone or anymore. Everyone is eyes-down look-in, to steal a bingo phrase from days gone by of my youth. And they are not coming out of there until they are going back to their assigned tasks. It looks like they've all turned into the Mad Hatter. <laughs> What's really going on? What's happening here? What is culturally taking place before our very eyes? People have a looking glass that lets them disappear. Now, there was a guy, he's just, you got to like him or you don't. And he's a poetic observer, and he said as much many years ago when he saw this trend just in parenting, when they asked the children to lie to them. And that was the great Leonard Cohen. He goes in one of his songs, The age of lust has given birth, and both the parents ask the child to tell them fairy tales from both sides of the glass. And the idea there is they want the child to lie to them in reality and in fantasy. Here it is truth and fantasy. No one has to tell anything anymore because the tools to free them have enslaved them. The digital drug of choice, as it were, is always with you. It's always on. It's in your pocket. It's your new buddy. It's your pass to the far side of the glass. Okay, so what about you and me? Well, me first, you next. I try not to reach for it unless the ding, buzz, bell, warning, or attention getter is something that I know I need to respond to, like... A call or text from my wife who's facing cancer may not be feeling good, may require me to bring home something that will solve some part of the process, whether it be coconut lollipops or uh, Perrier water chilled down or something of that nature. It may be the important appointment reminder that's coming up because it's 60 it serves a good purpose to remind me and go off and I look down and I see, hey, you've got something you need to get done. Or there may be a bill due that I'll forget to pay unless I'm prompted. And don't we all? You know, I hope you and I can do without a tweet reminder, a Facebook birthday, a social ding-dong snack of the hour, and we can resign it to its place in our day. Sometime... In the evening, you may be a businessman, you may be a businesswoman, you may need to access this information because you're on a campaign to promote or to drive or to build your business. Now, that's one thing. But the minute you get away from your responsibilities and dive into the looking glass and disappear looking for the Queen of Hearts, Alice or the Mad Hatter or anybody else, or the caterpillar smoking the hookah, whatever it is, it takes you away from real. And life is only going to give you one shot at it, one bite. The question of the day is this. You ready? How are you going to stay socially connected in real life instead of looking glass connected? It's going to take an effort to keep the glass at bay. From what I see around me, it is an effort that most people are not winning and don't even care to try. That's something, isn't it? So, 
Are you living through the looking glass? Instead of living life. Me, it's always been about living life. Sometimes I turn it off, off. And I leave it in my car. And if you're trying to reach me, it's back to the bad old days where you have to wait till I'm near a phone, mine, or I turn the thing back on, or somebody else gets called and they reach out and say, hey, you need to do something. Somebody's calling me. That's fresh oil for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. Well, next week, we're having another Let's Go Deeper, and we're going to interview Jamie Solati of Solati Media, a Chicago gal, PR, and she has a unique process with which she deals with getting your message to the market, and it's called message mapping. We're going to be talking with Jamie, and that is going to be a ride, because this is a fantastic lady. Met her. Know her, like her, enjoy what she's about. So, see you next time. You've been listening to Fresh Oil with Billy Delaney. Thanks for pressing play.